You're listening to the NFL on TuneIn. It's No Huddle with Brian Weber and Cordell Stewart. Let's get you set for Jacksonville and Pittsburgh with our friend Max Starks, the former Steelers offensive lineman. Max, thanks for taking the time to come back on the show. How are you? I'm doing well, Brian and Cordell. How are you guys? We are doing well and want to talk about what's working in Pittsburgh with you. Steelers have such a deep squad. If you had to pick one individual, who do you think was the team MVP this year? Oh, gosh. Uh, <laughs> like you said, it's such a Everybody really kicked in. I mean, when you look at this team, it was a total team effort throughout the year. Um, but, I mean, you, I, I would have Antonio Brown and the pace he was on injured was MVP worthy. So, I mean, I, I have to say A.B., but a close second is Le'Veon Bell and, what, and, what, and the dimension he brings because he's a two-dimensional athlete at the running back position. Actually, when you look at this offense, great to have you on. You know, it's always good to be with you. Uh, when you look at this offense, even going back to the time in which you were there, give me your take on how explosive they are. Because if you don't have Antonio Brown, you know Juju Smith-Schuster kind of fills that void because he has the same explosiveness from a special team standpoint as well as receiver at Martavis Bryant. And you also mentioned Le'Veon Bell. Is this probably the most explosive offense you've seen in a long time with Pittsburgh? Yeah, I, I would I would have to agree with you there, Cordell. It was it's it's the most explosive um, because just because all the levels are there. You look at the way that offensive line works with Le'Veon uh, because he's such a different style of running back, and you just you can't account for it. He's so patient, he's so slow, but then he just kicks into a higher gear, uh, you know, in a flash, and you're just left stuck like. Wait a second, I was slow playing, I was slow playing. Now he's ran five yards past me as a linebacker. And you can't fill holes because once you fill a hole, he jumps and ducks backwards. So this offense, what it provides me, having three dynamic receivers, having the running back that you do, the only thing that's missing really is that that, that really good Keith Miller-type tight end. You know, Jesse James kind of does it at moments. They've tried um, a couple times to find that other guy, Vance McDonald, was one of them, and then um, – bringing in Green from San Diego, but he couldn't stay healthy. That's the only thing they're missing. Other than that, they have complete autonomy on the offensive side of the ball. Max Starks is our guest on the NFL on TuneIn. Let's slide over to the defensive side of the football, I'm sure. Joe Hayden, happy to be liberated from Cleveland. As you look at the defense level by level, how much improvement have you seen on the back end in the secondary? Well, you know, the funny thing is this defense has always been solid in this front seven. The front seven has always been solid, and this back half has always been kind of the question because it got old um, with Ike Taylor and Troy Palomalu and not really bringing in young guys to kind of fill that void and kind of, you know, have that gap um, bridging the young guys to the older guys. And so now you're starting to see that group start to really get mature and adding a Joe Hayden who is a guy who I still feel is a very good cover corner and can still play well in, in their cover two scheme because of his own blitzing. So it, it's matured a lot. The only thing I'm worried about with the defense is depth. And when you look at that, you saw the, the Ryan Shazier injury and then now moving in more so of um, having Arthur Motes in that position. Arthur Motes was an outside linebacker. He's done, he's done, he's done a decent job. But I feel like when you get to the, those moments where you have to cover the tight end with your, with your middle backers, that's where it's going to be where that depth is lacking because you already moved Vince Williams and um, 
to the other buckbacker position. So behind them, there's not a lot of depth on this team. But that secondary has, has matured a whole lot, and they can cover you know, receiver for receiver now. Um, and then that, the defensive line gives them enough time to actually apply pressure to the quarterback. So they work well. I'm just worried about the depth of that group. Like, you know, being in Pittsburgh, they're from the fan base to the organization and, and as well as the team, there's a tremendous amount of passion and emotion that derives around that city and that team. When you saw James Harrison leave and you felt that energy, that passion, that emotion, and, and how people felt when he went over to New England, do you think that was fair uh, to James Harrison to have the backlash as if, you know, he was supposed to just sit home and wait until someone called him when he was let go at the 11th hour, knowing that probably no one would get him? But he did have Darth Vader give him a call, and he's now with the New England Patriots. Yeah, I, I think, you know, and, and I love the passion and the fandom that, that surrounds Pittsburgh and Pittsburgh sports in general because that's, that's, you know, there's a few places where it is true fan allegiance across the world. And I get fans being upset, but I don't fault James at all because, like you said, James did not have the – he did not get the play time. He was not on the field. He was – inactive, healthy scratches for five games. And he'd been there for, you know, 15 years. So for him to go to New England, a team that wanted him, that needed a pass rush, and he could provide that service, and he knew he'd get playing time, he can't fault them for one to go after a ring. And, you know, fans, of course, upset. Emotional game, week 15, against the Patriots. You lose in that fashion. People are still high emotionally because New England's been that kind of thorn in Pittsburgh's side for, I mean, the better part of a decade. So for him to go over there, I feel like they betrayed he betrayed them. But in actuality, he's trying to continue his career. I mean, that's that's our job, Cordell. You know, we're we're hired we're hired mercenaries <laughs> to a degree, and you know, and the loyalty level only goes as far as your functionality within the team concept. So his functionality had diminished with the Pittsburgh Steelers, but there was a need there in New England for him. And they, they, needed, they needed that help. And you saw he provided an instant boost his first game with them. You know, he, he beat up poor left tackle on the, on the, uh, on the Jets, my, my good buddy, Kelvin Beecham, and had two sacks and, and, you know, a forced fumble and then three tackles for a loss. Chatting with Max Starks, former Steelers offensive lineman. Max, I know you and Cordell are both objective journalists. You don't root for the Steelers, at least out loud, but we know where your allegiances lie. You look at Jacksonville. One of the best defenses in all of football. Leonard Fournette ran wild against the Steelers on the road to Pittsburgh during the regular season. I know Ben Roethlisberger gave the game away with the five picks, but let's say Blake Bortles plays like he did prior to imploding down the stretch. Remember, he had that span of three games, seven touchdowns, no picks. If we see the good Blake Bortles, how competitive could this game be on Sunday? I think this game could get very competitive. Um, but at the end of the day, I mean, the, the offensive firepower that the Steelers have and, and the lack of offensive firepower outside of the run game that Jacksonville possesses, even though I know Blake Bortles had a great day rushing the ball against Buffalo, um, I don't see that happening. I mean, this is a completely different team from that Week 5 victory that they had, and the weapons that they have at their disposal is a better relationship because you've gone through a season. And the Steelers' defense, I mean, gets after the quarterback – a lot, and they're t- you know they're top three in sacks in that category. So it's going to be a tough day for this Jacksonville team offensively. I think defensively can keep them in it for a while, but there's only so much you can do because you only have an AJ Boye 
and um, and Jalen Ramsey to cover two of those receivers. There's still a third receiver you have to account for. And the way that they use Antonio Brown with traveling him, they're not going to be in man. They play a lot of a lot of zone coverage and go in man once they get towards the red zone. Once they get pushed into the red zone, so it's going to be tough for them to really single out a receiver and try and isolate a guy out because there's other guys who can pick up the slack. Now defensively on their line, they can hold Le'Veon at bay. But if they start going into five receiver sets where they where they deploy Le'Veon into that slot position, now you bring another linebacker out there that's not going to be able to cover Le'Veon. Max, we always enjoy our conversations with you. Enjoy the game this weekend. Look forward to chatting with you in the future again here on the NFL on TuneIn. Thanks, guys. Y'all take care. You've been listening to No Huddle with Brian Weber and former Steelers quarterback Cordell Slash Stewart live on the NFL on TuneIn. 20, 15, 10, 5, touchdown. The National Football League is on. Tune in.